Sheriff Kevin Rambosk and the Collier County Sheriff's Office are dedicated to stopping crime. Part of that dedication involves preventing crime before it happens. One of the ways CCSO accomplishes that mission is by giving people the tools to avoid becoming a victim. This week, we sit down with members of our Financial Crimes Bureau to break down three of the most common scams our detectives have seen happening right now. We'll tell you the techniques criminals use to defraud victims and how you can avoid them. In this episode, we take a look at law enforcement impersonation scams, distraction thefts, and online marketplace robberies. This is Sworn Statement, a podcast by the Collier County Sheriff's Office under the direction of Sheriff Kevin Rambosk. I'm your host, Adam Fisher. First, let's talk to Lieutenant Chad Parker, who heads up our Financial Crimes Bureau. Lieutenant Parker tells us about perhaps the most frequent scam CCSO runs into, fraudulent calls trying to trick people into paying money, specifically people pretending to be law enforcement officers and threatening arrest if you don't meet their demands. Here's Lieutenant Parker to tell us more. So the scammer will use a 239 area code, which you can easily do uh, to add a little validity to it and make it look like they're calling locally. Um, Secondly, they will use a real police officer's name. We've had several members of our agency's names used um, by these scammers, including my own. Mm. Um, And then third, what they'll do is tell the target, if you will, that uh, they missed jury duty or there's going to be a federal warrant issued for their arrest or something along those lines. And unless unless they remit payment right away, they will be arrested. Uh, And and that's a scam. Uh, No law enforcement officer is going to or agency is going to contact you and say, pay now or you're going to be arrested. So that should be the first clue. They'll call the, the person they intend to steal the money from, and that's what it comes down to. They're only looking to steal money. Um, and they'll say, like I said, uh, if you don't pay, you will be arrested. So one of the most common ways is they instruct the person to go buy gift cards, load funds onto those gift cards, and then provide the number on the back of those gift cards, uh, which enables the scammer to essentially siphon the funds from those gift cards into their account. That's one way. The second way that we're seeing now is the scammer will instruct them to uh, get cash by going to the bank or if they have cash on hand and and going to a crypto machine, which we have a few of those now in Collier County. Um, And the scammer will even tell them which which location to go to because they will search it up on Google and tell them to go to this location, insert your cash into the machine, and then provide a, a wallet address for those funds to be converted to cryptocurrency, which is very difficult to track. Mm -hmm. And then that money then gets deposited into a digital wallet that is owned and controlled by the scammer. Um, And then the third one now is they're using share ride services, Uh, habitually Uber, Lyft, and those other uh, ride sharing services would transport people from point A to point B. They are now um, in the business of picking up packages. So they will actually have one of those drivers respond to the location where the person is instructed to pay the fine and that driver will take the package and deliver it from point a to point b uh, and, and and that driver 99 percent of the time has no idea they're, they're just being paid um through a credit card which often comes back stolen to 
you know, go to point A, which is the, the victim's residence, retrieve the funds, and take the package to a, a location as determined by the suspect. These scammers use high-end technology to mask their true identity and their location, which makes it hard to find and arrest these criminals. Yes, it's very difficult, and then we, we run into jurisdictional issues as well. Uh, these criminals, the phone numbers they're using, they're like voice over internet, voice over internet protocol, which is like Google services or internet phone numbers. You could do it from anywhere in the world. Um, and then, like I said, the power of the internet enables them to find these locations in Collier County. Um, they can look up real police officers' names on our website as well as any other law enforcement agency's website to add a little validity to it. So uh, we have the call before you pay hotline, which is very appropriately titled. Um, and we tell, we tell people all the time, if anybody calls you that says, if you don't pay, you're going to be arrested, hang up on that person, um, call the main uh, law enforcement agency phone number. Don't call the number that called you because that's right. a scammer. So in this case, you'd call our number and ask to speak to the person who is pretending to be, in this case, me, um, and they will forward the call to me. Or you can ask for the fraud hotline, the call before you pay hotline. And we, we do man the phones Monday through Friday from 8 to 4. And the, the person's man in the phones will be happy to tell you that this is a scam and do not, do not engage in, in this conversation with this suspect anymore. I've even had, um, they've, knock on wood, I'm very happy to say, we've had some people do as we instructed and they've called our dispatch center on the weekends and then I get an email on my agency phone saying, um, you know, Mrs. Smith is returning your call um, and I know right away that somebody's using my name to yes. perpetrate a scam and I'll call them and say, this is the real Lieutenant Parker. I do not want your money. Keep your money. This is a scammer trying to steal your hard-earned retirement money. And anytime someone is asking you for money over the phone, hang up and look up the phone number for the company that person claims to be representing, then call the real number to verify. Absolutely. If you get a, for example, if you get a text that your credit card has been mm -hmm. suspended or anything like that, call the number on the back of your credit card and, and verify that. Don't respond to the text. Don't click on any links, uh, you know, because they'll say, to reactivate your card, click on this link on your phone, you know, and then next thing you know, you're you're engaging with the the criminals. So yeah, you need to verify by dis disconnecting and contacting the actual number of the entity in which they are pretending to be. Lieutenant Parker said the number one warning sign of a scam is a stranger asking for money. Yes, uh, obviously, and, and especially if it's cash, that's all that you know. As I say, with the gift cards. They're, that's cash. You're loading cash onto a card, inserting cash into a Bitcoin machine or cryptocurrency machine. That's cash. Um, you know, and then, of course, putting cash in a shoebox or in a magazine and, and giving that to a, wow. a courier. Would you, would you send cash in the mail? No, because if the mail gets lost, the cash is gone. So just think about it in, the, in that context. You, you don't want to pay cash. Um, and like I said, always verify before you submit any payment. Make sure that it's an actual service. You would do that if you received a bill in the mail. If you don't recall going to a specific doctor and you received a bill, you would call and question, why are you billing me? Oh, okay, it had something to do with this other doctor that I saw and he did the x-rays. Okay, that makes sense. So same thing. Call, call and verify before you submit any payment. And don't let them intimidate you or threaten you with immediate arrest if you do not comply. Because they will do that. And these scammers can be very convincing. Lieutenant Parker said he's seen these scams work many times. It is unfortunate. Um, we do have a, a higher population of elderly 
persons and, and the criminals are targeting the elderly population because they generally have more money, right? They work their entire lives to save up, have a nest egg for retirement, and the criminals don't want to work for a living. They would just assume steal your hard-earned money. So uh, Florida is the number one target in the United States for fraud um, and identity theft because of that. They know this is this is a popular retirement state and the criminals know that people in retirements that, or that have retired have large nest eggs. Next, let's look at a fraud that happens in person. I sat down with Sergeant Drew Dunn to talk about distraction thefts. Here's our conversation. Yeah, what, what they're doing is they're targeting females. Um, they leave their purses in the carriage when they're shopping. Um, sometimes they leave them open, unzipped, and it's usually a distraction theft where at least two people, usually a female and a male, sometimes we've had two females, they've used children to distract them. Um, one of the suspects will walk up, distract the shopper, either ask them about a product, have they tried it before, what they think of it while they're talking to them. Another subject will come up behind them, reach into their purse, remove their wallet, and then they'll separate from the victim who's shopping. They'll continue to shop. Oftentimes, before they can even make it to the register, their credit cards are being used at some of the high-end stores. Um, but before they leave, they're getting a credit card alert on their cell phone, and that's keying them into that. Mm -hmm. oh, my credit card's missing, and they look in their purse, and so is their wallet. But their purse is still there. So these criminals, are they just looking for anyone with an open purse, an open wallet? Are they looking for maybe potentially a vulnerable victims? How are they finding these victims? Uh, we've had a f most of our victims tend to be a little bit more elderly. Um, mm -hmm. They're not really hitting the 30-year-olds. They tend to be like middle age or above. Mm -hmm. um, and I think mostly because they're willing to talk to the individual who's coming to distract them where the younger shoppers might not be. Um, they might have kids with them. They might pay a little more attention right. to their purse in the cart. But most of our shoppers are very willing to speak to someone when they're shopping, which is makes it easier for the distraction. So what are some tips? How can people avoid uh, being victims of this crime? I would say just be cognizant of first where your purse is. Um, you know, we don't recommend you leave it in the car, bring it in the store with you. But when it's in the store, if you can keep it on your shoulder or about you, um, don't walk away from it in your carriage. If it has a zipper or a snap, zip it up. If you have an interior compartment that you can also zip, where you can put your wallet or your credit cards, I would do that. Make it difficult for them um, to actually get into your purse. And even if they can make it in, make it a little more difficult where they have to actually go into a zippered, a second zippered compartment. Um, they're not taking the entire purse. They're just looking for mm -hmm. the credit cards. And how about, you know, you hate to say be wary of anyone coming up to you, but, you know, we learned as kids, you know, be, be worried about strangers. Is, is that kind of the, the message here? Just if anyone's coming up to you, just kind of be on your toes? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, like obviously you want to be friendly. Yeah. Um, but if someone comes up to you, I would make sure that my purse is in front of them. Don't let them separate you from your carriage. Don't let them turn your back. If you're going to turn around, pick up your purse. If you're going to try to engage them in conversation, um, just know where your property is when you're shopping. Um, we see a lot of this. We've seen it all year round, but it does pick up, obviously, in season. And we have a large influx of people that come down to spend the winters down here. You know, we see this in stores, but it happens in parking lots as well. Do you, do you see it in the parking lots? We do, um, especially when they're loading their 
whether it be groceries or packages that they purchased into the car. A lot of times someone will come up, offer to help, distract them, ask them. We've had asking where a hospital is or where another store is located. And when they're giving them instructions, someone else will come up and steal their purse. We've also had a distraction going on in the parking lots where um, one of the suspects will dump water down the back of the vehicle and then they'll call them out like when they're up by the front of the vehicle either they've just gotten into their car finished shopping and say hey I think something's leaking in your car and when it's usually a female when the female because they know she has a purse when she exits the car a second suspect enters the car takes her purse sometimes at that point they'll take the whole purse but if they can just take the wallet they'll take the wallet so and that we've had that happen quite a bit where someone distracts them gets them out of the car to the rear of the car and then someone a second suspect goes into the car and steals their wallet from their purse and they'll they usually work in groups um, at least three we've had up to six where they'll pass the credit card off to someone and they'll immediately go into the credit into the store and start high dollar purchases in the store while these subjects still continue to work the parking lot be really cognizant of where your belongings are if you're going to leave your car um, obviously grab your keys and lock the car don't make it easy for them um, if you do think there's something suspicious going on in a parking lot or a store um, you should notify management or just call the sheriff's office um, as soon as you as soon as you're aware of it um, call the sheriff's office immediately if you notice something missing um, if you just think there's something suspicious going on you can let a store employee know our management and i'm sure they'll contact us Finally, we look at another in-person crime that's on the rise. As buying and selling using online marketplaces becomes more popular, we're seeing more opportunities for criminals to strike. Let's talk to someone well-versed in investigating these online marketplace robberies. Detective Robert Jordan, I work uh, Criminal Investigations Division of General Crimes Bureau in Mockley. Detective Jordan has been with the Sheriff's Office for 26 years and he's been a detective for 21. I spoke with him at the Immokalee substation to find out how these crimes happen and how people can buy and sell online safely. Here's my conversation with Detective Jordan. Usually the, the victim will uh, you know, place an item up for sale. They'll be contacted by the suspect. Um, suspect will give them a location to meet, usually you know, dead end street, somewhere low visibility from the public you know there's not a lot of uh, people around um they'll meet them up and then usually the suspect will end up stealing the property from the victim any warning signs before the sale when when they're talking with people that uh, kind of can stick out or should make people kind of get curious about i think if they tell you to, to meet you you know in a spot that's isolated or you know you don't if you don't feel comfortable don't do it. <laughs> that is the bottom line. I think you just got to feel comfortable with it. Um, meeting a public place because, you know, you can always Google or, you know, use whatever on the Internet, or, you know, to see what spot they have you going at, you know, just to make sure it's a safe area. And I know, I mean, that's just become more popular in general, buying and selling online. So because of that, are we seeing an increase in those kind of crimes? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, we it goes in spurts for us. We'll have a bunch, and then it'll quiet down for a while, and then they'll they'll ramp up again. 
if someone doesn't want to buy and sell things online, what are some, you know, you mentioned meeting in a public place, but what are some other ways people can protect themselves if they are going to going to buy and sell on online marketplaces? Um, you know, obviously I would never go alone, bring someone with you, even, you know, if they have them film the, uh, you know, this, this person you're, you're buying or selling from, the vehicle they came in, any license plate tags, just in case something goes bad. You say, you just, if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. You know, they have to, there's obviously, you know, something that doesn't feel right, Jim. You know, be be safe. You know, you, you never know what their motive is. Trust your gut. Um, there's always somebody else that can buy it, you know, no matter how bad you want the money or how good a deal you think you're getting. If it doesn't feel right, don't do it. People should meet, meet in a public place, maybe well-lit, a parking lot, something like that. Kind of give us some of those tips. Yeah, I think, you know, even like if there's a nearby substation, you know, you can meet out in front of in the parking lot. Uh, you know, a supermarket, uh, you know, Target, Walmart, Publix, Winn Dixie, any big area like that. They all have great surveillance cameras outside. If something does go bad, good chance it's going to be on video. So um, just I try to make it as public as possible. Like I said, you determine where you want to meet. Don't let them determine it. You know, no matter how bad you need the money. And then obviously meet during the day, right? Try to do it when the yeah. sun's up. Yeah, absolutely. Daytime hours, you know, someone's going to say, I got to work. I can't meet you till nine at night. Like I said, if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. When something like that happens, somebody contacts us, just how difficult is that for us to solve? Is it a hard case to, to crack? It, it's a hard case to solve unless we have video uh, witnesses. You know, you, you're dealing with somebody that they probably never met before. They don't know. You know, they, obviously they don't ask to see their ID beforehand. So they only, you know, you have to subpoena records to get the IP address and then prove that they would actually want using that IP address. You know, they can go to McDonald's and, and use their, and it has access to thousands of people. So it is a, it's a tough case to prove. So let's say people are selling, something comes up, it's suspicious. What do you suggest someone does if they kind of, they get that gut feeling and something feels a little off? So when you're any issues, call the sheriff's office, call the non-emergency line, or, or if it's you know the dire need in nine one one, and have one of us come in and deal with it. Okay. Anything else you want to add about these kinds of crimes? No, just like like we said earlier, trust your gut. If it doesn't feel right, it's not worth it. As Lieutenant Parker mentioned at the beginning of the show. The Collier County Sheriff's Office has a hotline to report suspected scams. It's our Call Before You Pay fraud hotline. The number is 239-252-CALL. That's 239-252-2255. If it's outside normal business hours, you can always call the Sheriff's Office at our non-emergency number, which is 239-252-9300. And as always, call 911 in an emergency. This has been Sworn Statement, a podcast by the Collier County Sheriff's Office under the direction of Sheriff Kevin Rambosk. Audio recording and editing on Sworn Statement is done by Brian Barcello. This episode was written and produced by me, your host, Adam Fisher. Thank you for listening.